This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, for what will be your Thursday episode of the podcast. Um, we got some things to get to here, obviously. Uh, a new addition that we actually really haven't gotten to speak into, and he's been almost a Brown now for about 10 months. Things of that nature. we got a bunch of to- talking points from you guys. As always, you guys are incredible with that. So uh, Jeff Lloyd, Browns Maven's own through SI. Pete Smith, uh, guys, ratings, reviews, follows on social media. You guys all know the drill. I uh, just want to, before we get rolling here, just want to congratulate uh, our buddy Brittany, Bree, Meredith. Uh, fantastic job. Um, it's something Pete and I, we knew would happen. Great gals, uh, great opinions, and look, there's something different when it comes at it from a woman's point of view, and they can have a little more fun with it in their own unique style. It's great. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, that's what B said pretty much on anywhere where you're streaming or listening to your podcast. Go ahead, check out the ladies. Fantastic job, girls. Congrats. Uh, certainly not a surprise to Pete and I. Uh, we had told these women many times, go ahead and run, take the ball and run with it, and they certainly did that. Pete, one thing, and it's, you know, here we are now, obviously week 10. Kareem Hunt has been here for ages now as a member of the Cleveland Browns. Now going to be a part of it. Um, The one thing I didn't like today, though, is just the stupidity of, oh, yeah, maybe we'll, you know, we got some plans for two backs. You know, don't show your hold card, whatever. I mean, it's not like you're, it's not like anybody didn't know this was coming. But Kareem Hunt, the player, he's going to play on Sunday. And look, the one thing you got going right now, good on offense, is Nick Chubb at running back. Um, you know, as long as, you know, and this is where you get nervous, can you manipulate these two players together? You know, whether it's a split, whether it's on the field together, can you utilize them both? Because, you know, people obviously have their reservations as far as, you know, how the wide receivers are being handled. But Pete, Kareem Hunt, the player, is a special, special talent at running back. Yeah, he can be. Um, obviously, we haven't seen him uh, since the preseason, and, and even then he had a – It's been uh, close to a year since he's actually played football. So, Pretty much exactly a year. Uh, and obviously, he had the sports hernia. So it's difficult to know, you know, what you're getting. Um, it's, uh, you know, obviously, he's been practicing. I mean, uh, certain elements of the media who's been at practice might have a little bit of an indication of what he's – what he sort of looks like physically, um, what this, you know, I don't know if they're going to go whole hog with cream hunt right out of the gate. Um, their view may be, we might as well get everything out of him because we don't know how long we're going to have him. Uh, but what it can do is create a lot of false keys to try to create some opportunities. If you put them both on the, on the field at the same time, uh, meanwhile, if you're you're more inclined to go one at one of the uh, at a time, it should create you know a situation where there's no weak back on the field, and that's not because I think uh, Dontrell Hilliard is a weakness necessarily so much as Cream Hunch is better, um, and that's or at least he should be, and what that sort of does in terms of the run and pass game can be really effective. And, you know, part of the thing I, I haven't liked about the usage of Dr. Hilliard has been, it's been so scheduled when he's on the field and when he's off the field. And I'm hoping they get out of that where they're, they're more inclined to mix things up so that there's less of a inclination to be predictable. I, I mean, I, I understand like Freddie Kitchens 
thinks that because uh, when Dr. Hilliard so often it's passing that they tried, they put him on the field on that sneak specifically to try to get a pass uh, read out of the defense on that sneak. But I'm hoping that there's a little more to it than that. Um, and some things here now that you do have to worry about. And look, you look at it on the face of it and the fun of it. Um, when Kareem steps on the field, he can just do things as far as a receiver out of the backfield that Nick just can't do yet at this point. Obviously, Nick is well in the screen game, you know, dump offs, things of that nature. Um, I don't know if they've worked enough with it or they just haven't seen enough. But Kareem could pretty much do everything that you're, you know, everything you would hope for in a running back as far as a receiver. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, shotgun, both of them in the backfield brings you an array of opportunities. Um, and, you know, I, I know Nathan Zagara and Bo Bishop said they should maybe have all four tight ends this week. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, a, a deep knee bruise, you know, it's a tough call. Um, Farrell Brown, look, until you are cleared out of the protocol, you're not out of the protocol. Um, so right now, I mean, you are light. You're definitely light at tight end. Things can change in the next 36 hours, sure. But it's something to worry about. Um, there's just so many things. And look, I mean, you know, for Buffalo, they have nothing Kareem Hunt-wise. So, you know, whenever he's on the field, there's no tendencies. There's no tells. There's no, you know, no feeling of it's either going to be this or that. They have zero with what Kareem Hunt's role is with the Cleveland Browns. So it does give you an advantage in that. Pete, one of the drawbacks I do have, though, is, you know, and yeah, you know, um, you know, he was not allowed around the team. So obviously I had to deal with the whole, you know, him getting over the injury. Yes, he's been back for two weeks. But with any running back, the one thing you get concerned with, and especially the shakiness at times of this offensive line is, is he going to be able to pick up the pass pros he needs to pick up quickly? Because that's where you get into the, well, why isn't Kareem Hunt playing? If Baker Mayfield takes a huge shot early in the game, because Kareem, you know, either A, went the wrong way, B, didn't pick up the right guy. It's There is importance to it because it's not whether or not you can do it. It's whether or not you, you know, you have enough time within the offense to see where it's coming from. Um, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I agree with it largely. I mean, there is a feel part of this that comes with pass pro from a running back standpoint, but so much of it is landmarks and just having your eyes on the right place and then obviously just doing the job that that's interesting i hadn't really thought of it that way i was more concerned with getting used to you know how they block or don't block as the case may be uh, in terms <laughs> of running um and specifically running inside uh, but yeah i mean the, the the whole thing is is a feeling out process of sorts so that is definitely something that's going to come up uh, so that's a question of what that's going to look like. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. Obviously, there's going to be questions about, you know, his comfort uh, running routes with Baker Mayfield, unclear on how much of that has happened, obviously, since the preseason. Presumably, some of that was. And I would assume some of the pass protection stuff would have been worked out then. But again, yes, uh, certainly a feel uh, feeling out process that comes with that. So, yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm inclined to think that it's going to be less of him this week and probably, uh, more complaining about it than, than usage. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Dr. Hilliard out there still, and that will drive people insane. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you have to be able to trust, uh, what a particular player is going to do on the field. And it's hard to do that in this situation. 
when you haven't, you know, you haven't seen it live. Well, and this is, you know, I mean, you have to almost view this as like, this was a trade that just went down. You're, you know, I mean, in look, yeah, he practiced the last two weeks. I get it. But it's literally like a trade just went down because he's been away from this team. And, you know, obviously when he left this team in the summer, it was all right, man, I'm going to show up. They could possibly be five and three, four and four, six and two. Now it's two, six. And you worry about a guy maybe coming in trying to do, do too much. Um, But look, I mean, there's certainly no doubt this team could use a little bit more on the offensive end. And it's not like they ain't got enough, but they they just aren't finding a way to utilize everything. So, you know, the role for Kareem Hunt will be interesting. And um, and the one thing, you know, for everybody who says, uh, well, are we sure they have any idea how to use it? Because they don't know how to use Odell Beckham. And uh, I can't argue with you guys. At this point, I can't. But I can tell you that, the you know, they're going to get a significant upgrade in the backfield for Sunday versus Buffalo. What, what comes of it? We're all going to sit together. We're going to find out. And then we'll talk to you about it on Sunday night. Are you the type of fan who knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start now of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get into the action with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay, for instance. If you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are a perfect way because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit 50% all the way up to $1,000. So that means if you deposit $2,000, they will give you $1,000 of free money to play with. Go to mybookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag. Today, use the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, no space, mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Pete, we do have some listener questions, and of course, we always get, you know, some fun ones, silly ones. Jeff Risen to start, and Jeff, we love you, buddy. You know that. Um, Pete, who would rock the handlebar mustache better, you or I? Uh, I think I'll give you that. My face doesn't really work for that. I don't know if I could actually pull, like, actually make it work, grow a handlebar mustache, but uh, you you can do that. You can rock that with your driving cap. Uh, yeah, leave my driving cap alone. Um, I've been sworn off of baseball hats. This is what happens when you have daughters. Um, sons don't care. Daughters, no, you can't wear this. You can wear this, and so that's Look, where they're at. Your mid fifties are rough. Things things change. Uh, well, but if I'm mid fifties, that puts you in mid forties. So if you're going to add a decade on, that means you got to get the same tax, my friend. So there is that part of it as well. Um, obviously Pete cannot answer this one. Um, uh, Jake, uh, from, uh, at the Jake pod, um, Jake, I know is, uh, between Ohio, between New Jersey. Jake is a fellow Monmouth County kid like myself. Um, Monmouth County, New Jersey. Interesting. We are on the farthest East part of New Jersey. Um, best part about Monmouth County is you can be to the beach, any spot in Monmouth County within 15 minutes. But yes, Italian food here, pizza well. Um, I know where Jake's going with this. Jake was a shore boy. Yes, Pete Nelda's Jake is a fine, fine establishment. Their pizza is fantastic. 
You eat the double extra large, you get the t-shirt. Yes. But Federici's Pizza in Freehold, New Jersey, I will put that down as hands down, probably one of probably one of the top three pizzerias in the tri-state area. It's been there over 100 years. Legacy's out the yin-yang. Part of the family is part of the E Street Band, Bruce Springsteen's band. So there you go, Jake. Federici's, look, it's always going to be Pete, Pete. Pete and Ella's, Jake. We're not going to argue about this. This is one, Pete, that a couple of people wanted to get to. Um, you know, and this goes to John Dorsey. Look, you know, John Dorsey did give the keys to this 2019 season of Freddie Kitchens. Um, and Pete, this is, I mean, it's almost like some of us, it's almost like we almost wrote this tweet to ourselves. No Duke Johnson, no Fells, now no Jannard Avery, um, Callaway over Higgins. Look, Corbett, it's a bad miss, but I, I'll just give it. Look, you make that many moves over the time. And then there's the Zeitler over Vernon, but yeah, we're not, uh, I know Pete and I are not going to dog John on that one, but you know, we're almost closing in Pete on two years of John Dorsey running this show. And if you're saying, you know, look, you can put a lot on Freddie kitchens. You can, but there's a bunch of guys on this roster who were supposed to be making plays and were thought to be making plays and just aren't making plays. True. What is the, I never got a question. Well, I mean, how much of this is John Dorsey's mask to wear? Oh, a lot. A, a, a lot of it. And there's no getting away from the fact that he hired this. Um, you know, like, it's weird how, you know, we heard so much about how, you know, the, the lawyer couldn't do this, that, and the other thing. Well, the lawyer never hired a head coach. This guy did. And there's a lot of things that, um, have have been done poorly, and then combine that with the fact that there's been some things that just haven't worked out because of luck. Um, I think John Dorsey has made some really bad bets on some guys he had sort of tabbed for leaders, um, and that has really bitten this team in the ass. Uh, and Jermaine Whitehead was a guy they tabbed as a leader. That's terrifying to think about um you know Demarius Randall you know obviously we're as surprised as anybody that he's playing as poorly this year this was a guy that they put a lot into they were trying to extend him before the season and he's done nothing uh this not season. done obviously, nothing he barely played yeah and, and and obviously Baker Mayfield not playing as well as, as we'd like him to do but one wonders if and I'm going to write about this uh if some of the moves that have they, they've made, like there's so been so much talk about culture and leadership and all these things. Um, you know, obviously last year when they traded Jarvis Landry and signed that big contract and I, and I was critical of the trade and then of his production, part of the, the, the sales pitch was, well, he's a leader. He's bringing so much to the culture. And then this week I'm seeing so many people now blame him uh, these are mostly different people, uh, nevertheless, blame him for what they're saying is a poor culture. So which is it? Now, the, 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 my answer is I think it's largely neither in this case. I, I, I think they all, it was always overrated what he was really doing. doesn't mean he was negative. I just I, I think they were overrating what he's doing. But I am starting to wonder if some of the moves they made got rid of guys that were – part of the solution 
and ultimately replace some of them with guys who are part of the problem. Um, and that's not like Olivier Vernon is, is, is great. Uh, I have no problem with that, but, but, you know, when you get rid of Jabril Peppers, who was a good asset in that respect, uh, and then you bring in Jermaine Whitehead, I think it's safe to say that's a negative. That's a, that's an overall negative on that part of the part of this thing. I, I don't think bringing in Kareem Hunt makes you better on that uh, no matter how much they're saying it's good about all these things he's doing, I don't think losing Kevin Zeitler is a posit- positive for that type of stuff. And I'm not saying that the deal was bad. I, I still like the deal. Um, I, I felt feel like it, you know, beyond the fact that they wanted to get out of the contract at some point, and you can complain about the timing. Um, they, I, I don't think they were ever going to get another opportunity to get that kind of player to unload that contract. And, and that's a great deal. Again, you can complain about the timing and, and what they're losing, but I do wonder about if they basically shipped out too many guys, or at least it's sort of working that way that too many guys that were really beneficial in that locker room. I would look at guys like Emmanuel Ogba. I would look at guys like Carl Nassib and, and some of the guys they've brought in Chet Thomas isn't like some character guy. He was like egging on Jermaine Whitehead. Like, so I, I can't help but think that on some level, John Dorsey's sort of willingness to bet on character guys, Antonio Callaway being empowered certainly isn't great in that part. But it does feel, I, I do wonder if if that's part of the problem, that we've sort of taken this to a bad place in terms of bringing in guys purely on talent, and we haven't considered that that part of the equation, that, that that's... That's at least a question I have. I can't really prove it, but it's sort of like that's a theory um, on, on the situation. Like in a prime example, like you could have made the move for Wyatt Teller if you had kept Kevin Zeitler. And because, you know, with these guys, there would have been comp picks coming eventually here with the guys kept. And even if he couldn't you know, sign them long term and it would have been all right, Wyatt Teller is what you're going to do. You're going to sit down and you can watch this interior of this offensive play this year. And you're going to pick their brain and whatever they do, you're going to do. And there's a shot here because I don't know if I can keep all three of them going past this year because I got a bunch of draft picks, uh, you know, a bunch of second, third year players that they're going to require some more money. Jabril Peppers, same type of thing. I mean, we talk about the fact that there is not going to be a safety most likely on this roster in 2020 other than Sheldrick Redwine. Well, you know, maybe he didn't need to do that. You know who he is. Who? Come on, come on! He's he's he can't play, Pete. You got to put the guy out there who threatens people. Morgan Burnett's thirty-one or thirty-two year old ass has got to get his reps. Come on, come on! But look, Pete, I, we can't I, I, we can't ding look, the guy I, if we I'm haven't not, seen him. I'm not going to bury Sheldrick Redwine before he's dead, but I do find it fascinating. He seems he seems to have been the fourth or fifth option at free safety at this point. Which makes you wonder then, what in the world did you go and draft him for? So, but you well, know, I wouldn't have. I believe I know who I would have taken. Uh, but again, um, Chad Thomas, <laughs> actually, two of them, <laughs> yeah. But Chad Thomas, no, just no, and, and he's not helping on that front. And he's he's shown this, even if it's not like he's not making you know threatening tweets or racist tweets or you know physically assaulting women or anything like that. But he doesn't seem to be the most the nicest guy out there. Uh, and he's had his issues so. 
that's part of where I'm wondering if, if you know, the, you know, that people are starting to criticize the team building aspect. That's the part I'm, I'm wondering about. But look, yes, John has a lot to do with this here. Um, he's not, John's not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, there is a lot to this. You know, he took a gamble when I was talking with Joe Marino last night on the crossover. He just, you know, maybe, you know, obviously, look, a lot of this stuff came after the fact the moves they made. But, you know, where they were at, at seven, eight, and one, and what they had already had in house, you know, maybe it would have been time to go with, hey, here's a guy who's had some experience as a head coach, got a raw deal because he got to put a position where a team, you know, just wasn't there yet. And it's, you know, two and six. Yeah. I mean, all these things, there's certainly things you got to talk about and you understand it. And for, you know, for anybody to say that Freddie looks like he's in over his head, there's no arguing this anymore. There's, it, it, there's not. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's your cross to bear because this is kind of where this product is right now. And, I mean, you can't dispute it by any means whatsoever. Pete's going to hit you here with a blue chew read. We'll move on to a little bit more stuff. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, as we roll on through Lockdown Browns. Right. So there's a lot of pushing of uh, – Oh, it was, a fun mo- it was a fun morning. It was a fun morning on Twitter. There's a lot of products being pushed that are sort of oriented to uh, this area, area of the male anatomy, uh, all, all aimed at maximizing uh, your life in regards to it. So with that in mind, I, I think it's imperative that all of our listeners uh, do, us, do us a favor here and really, really help out uh, with, with Blue Chew here. Uh, we're working hard for them. They're working hard for us and you, uh, <laughs> literally in this case. Uh, but Blue Chew, the blue like the color blue, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the FDA-approved active ingredient versus Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. They take care of you in terms of making it easy to get a prescription and a discreet shipping, if that's your thing, even though you should be more than happy to be loud and proud. But given the amount of attention that apparently uh, needs to be taken down there, you might as well take the next step. And if it's going to be presentable, uh, make sure you're uh, getting the most out of it when uh, when it's in place, so to speak. So uh, plug in the locked on code uh, for the promo code and let them help you out. And hopefully, uh, specifically, our listeners are are making that more competitive than certain other promo codes for other products. One hundred percent. And look, it's no different than your car. If you're gonna take it to the mechanic to make sure it's running right, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about making it look good, but you better make sure that sucker's running right. Uh, thanks to the folks over at Blue Chew for all their sponsorships over here at the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll keep moving on. And look, it's, you know, I, I appreciate you guys a ton. Look, we're not going to be able to get to all of them. You know, some of them kind of, you know, run over each other as far as being the same type of questions here from Bill Allison. Um, the offense, Pete, doesn't seem to use enough play action, a lot of play action or capitalizing off the success of Nick Chubb. 800 yards. Um, you should be able to use this better. And I agree with Jake Burns on this. Look, it, it's not hard to sell play action. I think they are lacking in that effort, but some of it is also Pete. And this is where gameplay comes into it is if you don't have 
confidence in the offensive line, it's really hard as a quarterback to take that extra nanosecond or as a running back to really sell the, oh, my God, I have the ball when, oh, my God, here comes number 57 and he might kill number six. I don't know if I agree with that. I I do think attention to detail is critical. Um, And I think the Browns need to do a much better job with that in terms of selling fakes, in terms of uh, those type of things, because if you don't do that, they don't work. And that's what's happening. So uh, in in my, my estimation, I would say it's that much more critical to focus on those little things to make sure that you're actually going to be able to sell this because selling it is part of your blocking. Um, And that's, that's critical. You have to make, the defensive line respect run because if you don't and they're pinning their ears back and saying well you know if they actually run it we'll deal with it but until then we're assuming it's 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 a pass play so to me that is where it starts is that you actually it's the opposite of of what Jake's talking about uh that I think you go the other way and you really focus on taking care of those details because if you don't do that then it's not going to matter Uh, And ultimately, it's just a wasted play. So you either have to buy in or get rid of it. It, 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 Look, I I, I like play action. And look, we're to this point now where there's like faux play action, where it's just, you know, and, you know, Tom Brady's notorious for this. It's, you know, the extended handoff when you can see the running back is essentially in a different area code. But, I mean, if you're going to truly commit to it, you, you have to sell it. It's it's vital. It's the way it works. And, but you know, you know, I mean, they're not succeeding very well with that right now, but I mean, to pick out play action right now, as far as their passing game, it's, I guess, you know, it, it's a part of it, but I mean, who are we kidding all the way around? Uh, <laughs> the play action is just not working very well from Christian guest. Although I hope that pronounced that right. Um, and Christian, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to shoot this one down here a little bit, but if Joel Batonio moves over to left tackle for the 2020 season and it's established early and he can train there all, all off season, does it bring a guy like Grant Delpit into play for the Browns? Love Grant Delpit. If you can find a way to get a left tackle, I'm 100% on board. Grant Delpit's a nice player. But Pete, look, it's that this, this part of Joel Batonio is over. Look, um, he was an all pro last year at left guard. And you know, we we talk about this a ton where maybe interior O-line is a little bit more important to Baker than, you know, outside, obviously the tackle play. But look, it's, it's, the, the ship has sailed. It, it's gone on too long. You know, maybe the time to do it was the day Joe Thomas retired. They chose not to. That's fine. But, uh, you know, Joel Batonio, who is, you know, one of your core key players right now, it's this is just something you just don't entertain. Go get a tackle. Go draft one. Uh, again, I, I disagree. Um, <laughs> Whoa, this if, is a if they want, look. If they want to freaking go and do it, God bless them. I'm all for it. I love it. Um, li- listen, if they make the estimation that they're saying Drew Forbes is a is a guard, and they want to say put White Teller at 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 right guard or, or or at left guard where he's been most of his career and they want to put Drew Forbes at right guard and they're saying we're going to re-sign JC Treader and we want to move Joel Batonio out to left tackle and you only have to go get a right tackle in the draft that's awesome i love everything about that and absolutely it brings in a guy like Grant Delpit into the conversation or your boy oh uh, Pete's excited oh Isaiah Simmons 
I, I think that now I would still be more inclined to, to get that premium tackle early, but the class is deep enough where if you're saying you can you know, get a right, you right can get a right tackle at what'll be, for, I mean, right now it's 40 for God's sakes, which is terrible to say. Right. And, and a guy like I love and, and would have, would happily put him at right, right tackle would be uh, the Prince uh yep. take a Winogo. uh you know he's playing at left tackle at, at Auburn but that oh that'd be great like the thing is it, it's a hundred percent true that the reason Joel Batonio was moved back inside was because they valued guard and you're seeing that in in with it, 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 it's at least part of the reason you're seeing what you are with Zeitler with without having Zeitler there I I, I don't under I don't uh, it's not an excuse to play poorly but I do think that's a dynamic that's that's showing itself here in terms of you know part of the factors in terms of running the ball in terms of pass protection being able to trust uh, up the middle and you couldn't afford to do that with like at the time it would have been Austin Corbett starting at left guard at that point and clearly that wouldn't have been prudent, which is how you ended up with Desmond Harrison out there. But if they come back and they're like, Drew Forbes, he's a guard. He's going to be a freaking mauler there. And they go, Wyatt Teller, we've seen enough. We like him as a left guard. We're ready to do this thing. We've got Eric Cush as that swing guy and somebody else to compete. And we're just looking at this as we've got to go get a right tackle. Yes, 100%. I'm all in it. I don't know if the Browns are willing to think in that those terms, but I absolutely love every bit of it. Oh, apparently we got a question that got Pete's uh, lit the lamp for Pete Smith. So that one was interesting. Um, William Harmon, um, and, and this does bring up a good point. Um, Pete, here we are again. Browns run the 30th ranked, the 4-2-5. Obviously, you know, they're struggling against zone schemes, zone run schemes. Um, the linebackers, it's been it, it's been tough this year. Um, I'm, I'm not saying Christian Kirksey probably would have made a much difference. I think Mac Wilson's maybe giving you what Christian Kirksey would have, and obviously upgrades are needed to be there. But is you know, a is it should and this came up again on Cleveland Browns Daily today, and it's kind of funny because they were talking about what I said to needed to happen last Sunday is he needs to get Sione Takitaki on the field. Is it maybe time to just put this to bed? Look, your Whitehead's gone. You know, Murray looked, you know, if he had surgery a week ago, he ain't playing this week. You know, Randall, oh, he returned to practice. He was limited. Um, If you guys remember, so were Ward, so were Greedy Williams, limited in, you know, numerous practices before they finally came back for the New England game. Uh, Maybe we're going to get here, but Pete, at this point, and look, this safety group ain't too freaking great anyway. Is it time to scrap this four-two-five? I don't care if that's what Steve Wilkes likes to do. You don't have the play, the personnel playing well enough, and you know I don't care if you carry this many safeties. It's just not working. Personally, I think the scheme's irrelevant um, because I think if you have TJ Carey in there as that third guy, you're you're in good shape at least from that standpoint. But you hit on it. You're safety stuff. Yeah, your safeties are, are bad, um, and that's that's the problem. Um, you can run, you know, if they want to run a four-four, great. I mean, they get the safety off the field, but then they're putting a linebacker on it, and I'm not sure those guys are good enough. So, the Brown, look, some of this is again bad luck. Some of this is by choice. Some of this is by circumstance. You went from having Jabril Peppers 
as your strong safety to saying we could afford it because Demarius Randall is going to be great at free safety and we can go by committee at strong safety. Well, Demarius Randall hasn't been good at free safety and the strong safety by committee is terrible. So, you know, Eric Murray is good, you know, has been a functional player and done some nice things, but now he's out. So now you're down to, you know, two guys named Fred out there trying to do this. And so I don't blame the scheme. I blame the talent. And again, this, some of this is on John Dorsey. Some of this is on luck. Uh, but that is what happened. The middle of your defense is Joe Schobert. And that's basically it right now. It's bad. It's in really bad shape. So you know, we, you know, we can see it's hard to scheme out of that. It, it, it's like trying to say, you know, trying to say the shift in baseball is going to get you, you know, away from having, you know, a bad shortstop, second baseman and center fielder. At some point, those guys have to make plays and, and, and they're going to find you. The ball is going to find you. And that's exactly what happened against uh, the Denver Broncos last week. So, you know, some of this, again, it's, it's not all on coaching. Now, again, I, I have no, I have no sympathy for putting freaking uh, Jermaine Whitehead out there, free safety, none, but I do sort of understand that, you know, you were limited in options. Mac Wilson is sort of doing the best he can, you know, he's swimming and some of those things just aren't going well. Uh, he makes some plays, but he obviously gets exploited. And to Darius Taylor, I, I can't, I, I got no sympathy for him on that one because he can't play. He's just not, you know, a professional linebacker. So when you're, you're into that situation, uh, that's, you know, indicative of how bad things are. And it's really difficult to have a defense like that. Uh, and it almost makes me feel, you know, Taylor signed for the one year, $1 million deal. Um, where's Ray Ray Armstrong? Where's Tanner Vallejo? Uh, because Taylor, Taylor just ain't it. Pete, our buddy John Costco. And this one is all you. Favorite Simpsons episode. Sure. Uh, season four, new kid on the block. Uh, it's the first, it, 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 it may be the first. Written by Conan O'Brien. It's the first episode with uh, Captain McAllister uh, featuring the All You Can Eat Buffet, which is fantastic among other uh, fantastic uh, elements of that episode. But yeah, that's 100% it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, and, and I would recommend anyone check that one out. Uh, always appreciated the franchise. Me, I always loved the, you know, the Krusty the Clown, Sideshow Bob, Kelsey Grammer. Fantastic. Excellent actor. Uh, we got one more here and, you know, Giovanni hit me with this one today. Um, and actually did answer it, but he brought it up. We'll bring it to the show. Um, didn't get McCoy, Pete. Didn't get Daniels. And, you know, Giovanni, again, I feel bad because we're in kind of rain on this one. It, it, he's asking whether or not, you know, these guys realized maybe there were possible culture issues. No, neither of those signings had anything to do, Pete, with anything other than Franklin's. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not impossible to say that maybe they recognized something that wasn't was there or wasn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Um, Gerald McCoy certainly looks smarter than 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 I am on this one. I, I I thought it was a bad, you know, a pretty not nonsensical move for him to go to Carolina, and obviously they're doing better than the Browns. Um, I think 
know, if without brother, <laughs> their quarterback. I think if he had his druthers, he wishes he went to uh, Baltimore about now. But um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's not ideal. And obviously, Detroit not doing great. So you know, it's um, yeah. I, I, there's certainly something something that has gone awry on that one. So it's interesting that, that, you know, we're looking at this now and that's a sort of thing. I, I do think that there was a flaw in that. And I'm curious if there are people inside the building who are sit, sitting there saying that or, or something to that effect. But, um, but look, part of it also though is, you know, you needed more at linebacker. You needed more. Well, I mean, it's not that you needed more at safety. You needed better at safety. Um, look, it wasn't, you know, we felt a little bit more confident, but look, as he actually sat down and we got to see games played, yeah, there were weaknesses, there were warts here. Um, I'll, I'll go with one here with because obviously we talked about Carolina. Pete Cam Newton, it, it's over. It's over with Cam Newton in North Carolina. I mean, with Carolina. Um, look, part of this is on Carolina because look, um, I don't care if your quarterback is seven feet tall. 300 pounds and runs a four five. You continue to put him out there to take hits. Hits add up. It doesn't matter the body size, none of it. But here's the question. And this comes down and look, I mean, we'll give you our thoughts on it. It comes down to Cam Newton, who's already made a boatload of money playing this game. Does Cam Newton, we talked about this with Joe Flacco. Does Cam Newton, go this route where, you know, I'll go try to be the next two to three year bridge for a franchise, you know, because when I brought it up, you're like, well, is he ever going to take a snap again? What do you think? What's the ultimate fate for Cam Newton? Well, here's, here's the problem. He, he's getting his foot worked on again. And this has been a chronic problem. It's the worst kept secret in Carolina. He's had issues with his feet, specifically one ankle, almost since he got into the league. Um, and I don't know if it's gotten to a point where it's degenerative or anything, but it, it's not a good deal. Um, and now you add in the shoulder and, and, you know, you just don't know. Which we that. saw, we saw last year, they took him out for the, the Hail Mary right before the half. Right. So you're, you're looking at this thing and you're going, if his, his, you know, I don't think he wants to go out there and, and, and just go get beat on again. Uh, is, is that's so much of what he he has been, unfortunately. Uh, but and part of this is on the uh, league, man. They just let him get beat down, cheap shot. At, I remember the year after they lost the Super Bowl or whatever, and then opening up at Denver. I mean, he took three, four shots to the head, which now like players would be freaking arrested for, you know, egregious. But I mean, it goes with the position. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think he was coached or he was, uh, officiated a lot like Shaq where they just sort of let people pound on and pound on and pound on because he was so big LeBron do a little bit to the same extent. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if Cam Newton's feet aren't right, if his arm isn't right, I don't know what he is at that point. Um, he's not a pocket passer. He's never been a pocket passer. Occasionally he'd rip off, you know, a, a throw that would, you know, with, with thread and needle and, 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 you know, he's the only person in the world who could make that throw, but he also misses a ton. He's never really developed in terms of being a consistent passer, consistent mechanics, consistent, any of that stuff. So if you're saying he doesn't have the arm strength, he did, he doesn't have the mobility he did. 
I don't know what he is at that point. And maybe he gets a deal, you know, somewhere like Chicago because they desperately want a quarterback. But if he comes to the conclusion that he's not the same guy, you know, short of just taking the money, which, you know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to say he's, he's wrong or, or, or evil or anything like that, that, that becomes a and choice. certain would be the but first if, guy to but, do it. But if he's not, if his heart's not in it, I, I'm just wondering if he's going to be like, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, in the same way that, that Andrew Luck did, where he basically got fatigued of the, the, the process of reha- always rehabbing and always being in pain. And if that's the case, then I, I, I wouldn't, it would not stun me if he basically says, look, I, you know, thanks, but no thanks, and just calls it a career. Well, could, could theoretically take a year off or something. It's something interesting. It's something to look at. We're going to put a bow on this here. Uh, obviously, you know, Pete Smith, the work over at Browns Maven on Twitter, Browns Maven through SI.com. Click on something Browns. You're going to find Pete and his team that is working over there. And proud of him and the growth that's going on at Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Locked On Browns. Always follow back account. Always DMs, always open. Anything you guys need, hit me up over there. It's getting really busy with a lot of frustration right now. I understand. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DM's open. Again, it's getting busy. I understand you guys are frustrated. I get it. I get it. I get it. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.